Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. Today on the Ether, Dr. Doscoin with Orbital Command has a chat with Keegan from Neptune Finance. Let's take a listen. GM all, this is Dr. Doscoin behind the Orbital Command account. Today, we're going to be chatting with Neptune Finance for the next hour. So just bear with us a moment as we let these guys come on and get this back started. In the meantime, if you aren't already delegated to OC, you can do that via the OC website, orbitalcommand.io. Uh, you can also check us out on the Orbital Command Discord. We have plenty of great resources in there too. If you're not already in there, definitely recommend going and checking that out. As per usual, all spaces are recorded by terraspaces.org. You can check out the uh, call after the fact on terraspaces.org or on Spotify. That being said, I'm going to bring up Neptune. Okay, and I'm looking for Keegan. I think Keegan's just arrived there too. Okay, Keegan, I've sent you through an invitation to speak. You should be able to talk now. Great. Hopefully my gear's working. Can you hear me all right? Loud and clear, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, not so bad. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I actually uh, hadn't heard your voice until last night. I was listening to the Twitter space you did with Spiker X in November, and I was like, oh, we've got another Aussie part of Neptune. I didn't realize that was the case. So uh, you're up early as well. No, I'm not actually. I am Aussie, but I'm in Canada right now. I've been here for a few years. So it's it's midday. I'm cruising. Ah, that's great. Well, okay. I'm glad that you're up and up and at them. It's 6 a.m. here, but uh, <laughs> at least one of us is buzzing. Mate, I'm going to uh, basically do a quick intro for everyone that is on the call. If they haven't heard of Neptune Finance, uh, Neptune is a self-described money market investment vaults, developer integrations, uh, sort of the three core offerings there. Uh, we can deposit collateral from any IBC compatible chain to lend, borrow, and invest all from one non-custodial platform. Of course, you guys have been around for a little while. It's been a little quiet over the last year. Maybe for the people that aren't familiar with you, you can just do a quick, quick dive into the history of Neptune, uh, where it started, and then we'll sort of move into uh, the changes that have been taking place. You know, obviously shifting from integrating into a money market to becoming the money market itself. Yeah, happy to get into that. We actually have uh, quite a rich history in uh, our development timeline. Um, a lot of what we do, we kind of keep hidden because we like to develop in secret. So there's only so much that the public has witnessed as we post updates. Um, but to start with our history, we've been developing for quite some time. Uh, we started in Terra, in your Terra Classic. Pre-Anchor is where we kind of saw this opportunity uh, in the DeFi space that we wanted to build something. And what we realized would be you know, advantageous for users and for ourselves, something we wanted was a leveraged investment system. And we'd seen these leveraged investment tools around DeFi before, but they had these problems where um, it's very easy to get liquidated 
in DeFi, you always have to manually manage your accounts. It's a 24-7 system. So Neptune Finance V1 was a leverage investment system, which was highly automated. So users could come to our platform, uh, post a collateral, we take out leverage against it, and then we invest it into a strategy. And then, you know, if that strategy is, say, like an LP token, and that fluctuates in price, we rebalance the leverage against it. So you never get liquidated. And inherently, the vaults would do this function of DCAing in and out of the investment and then compounding your profits back to the original collateral. Um, it was a very impressive system. We were extremely happy with what we achieved. And it was all ready. We were audited. We were all good to go. We were testing on mainnet on Terra Classic. And that was around the time that Terra went through its collapse. So there was this good and bad scenario that we didn't have any users on our platform. It was just some private beta testers. So we didn't have to do much damage control, which unfortunately a lot of other protocols did. But it gave us an opportunity. So without Terra Classic and without money markets available, we were kind of lost with what to do with our leverage investment system. We were looking around Cosmos for another money market to attach our leverage vaults on top of, and we weren't finding anything good. And that was the point in which when we decided that if we can't find a money market, we were going to build it, and we're going to build it better. In developing our leverage vault systems for V1, we came across a lot of challenges in integrating into someone else's systems. We also saw a lot of problems in depending on a third-party market. So we really built this money market from the ground up to be suitable for leverage investment, but we made it even better for the users and for the developers and the business that want to integrate it. So it's pretty feature-rich and it's got a lot of cool, unique things to it. So we're now calling this kind of the Neptune money market, which is a bit of our V2. And in the timeline of things, we're getting really close to launch again. We've been developing this money market for about the past nine months now. We've actually expanded the size of our team and we've definitely gotten better in our development efforts and our expertise. We just keep learning more about Cosmos every day. Uh, we're pretty proud of what we built and that's kind of where we are right now. Fantastic. How big is the team there? We're a team of about uh, nine people, and that's mostly developers and architects. Got it. Are you uh, looking to expand the team anytime soon? If so, what sort of uh, positions would be looking to hire for? Yeah, we will be expanding. I think um, we've got pretty solid development right now, but you know, it always takes more time. We'll probably will take on more developers as we go into live launch, but I definitely, we're going to need... Uh, more help in a, like community moderation and some marketing efforts as well as um, some business development efforts as well. Got it. And of course, you said before that you'd already had the, everything was audited last year. Of course, there's been codes, uh, changes to the code since and a lot of changes that have taken place. The next audit is scheduled to happen very soon, I believe, with Oak Security. How soon are we talking? Yeah, that's right. We're booked in for mid-February. So we're about to hand over our code. We're going to freeze it, hand it over. Um, and that's probably about a, a five to six week turnaround process with feedback integrated into that. And in that time, we'll actually be opening up some private beta testing. So if you go to our Discord, you can already find a link to uh, get into 
our private beta testing queue. Sure. And for the beta testers that are already part of uh, part of the process, what's the feedback that you're getting so far? Is any are there any themes that you're noticing in the feedback you're receiving? We actually haven't opened it up yet. We're still doing uh, a couple tweaks on the front end before we give people access. Got it, makes complete sense. So what we'll do, the way this is going to run for the next sort of 52 minutes here is I've got a few questions that I'll ask, chase in through a few talking points as well to make sure that we cover everything today. And then uh, I'll open the floor. I know that we've got a few people in the space that have been keeping their eyes on Neptune for some time and probably have some questions of their own. But uh, let's talk about some of the key features of V2 of Neptune Finance. What are the value props uh, specifically? So we got a lot of really cool features, some that we're still sitting on to you know, market at the right time just to build some hype. You know, it's always a good thing to do. Uh, but just some things I can highlight today, uh, I'll just list them off before I get into detail. Um, we've come up with a new way to you know, create and measure interest rates. And this is a uh, PID loop controlled interest rate curve. Uh, that's pretty cool technology and I can talk about the advantages in that. Um, as well as we've created an account system. So this is a way to be able to have multiple margin positions under a single wallet address. So it's a much cleaner UI um, experience. Uh, we've also come up with a new way to measure liquidation premiums. And this is kind of a method for reducing price impact on the market during downturns and potentially cascading events. But as well, it's, it's better for the borrowers and users. There's potentially less of a premium hit they take when getting liquidated. So you know, these are some of the things I can highlight right now. Um, what do you want to start? Sure, let's start at the, at the top there. Let's uh, dive in each one sequentially. Sure thing. So we have this new technology that for a money market that we're calling a PID controller. And you know, just to clarify what a money market is, in case anyone listening who's not familiar, um, a DeFi money market is a system in which users, one party can lend assets and another party can borrow them. So one user can come to Neptune Finance and they can lend out their Luna, and then another borrower can come in and they can borrow out their Luna with an interest rate that they pay out to the lenders. And if you are a borrower, you have to use collateral to back the value of your debt. So if you ever fail to repay your debt, your Luna can be liquidated to make lenders whole. And this is the basic concept of a DeFi money market. And the protocol itself does all the work of pulling the assets together, um, measuring the interest rates, distributing the interest to the lenders, uh, making liquidations available when bad debt is created and managing all these aspects. So, how the PID controller fits into this in terms of interest rates. If you've used money markets before and you've explored how the interest works on say like Aave is always a good example of you know, a pretty solid money market system. You'll notice that the interest rate curve, so the rate in the interest rate of uh, borrowing is actually measured against the utilization of an asset in the money market. So, if there's 100 Luna in Neptune Finance that's being lent and 99 of it is being borrowed, the interest rate is going to be really high. And usually these interest rate curves have an inflection point. And this means it's got a kind of a, a, a slow gradient, 
a shallow increase in interest as utilization gets higher. And then there's usually a point which is known as the utilization, the optimal utilization ratio in which the interest rate curve starts to get really steep. And this is this steepness is to deter people from borrowing more, as in to suck up the entire liquid supply of available assets. And this is just to make sure there's some liquid assets in Luna that people lenders can withdraw if they want to withdraw. So this is most typically how interest rates work in DeFi money markets. And what we've done is we have created a dynamic interest rate curve. And what this means is that this interest rate curve is reactive to market demand. So if you're trying to graph it, it looks kind of similar to the curves that you're familiar with. However, it does a constant internal feedback loop. And this is what a PID controller does. It takes a few inputs. Uh, and the input we're using is a target utilization. And then it moves the interest rate curve based on the utilization ratio at that time. And what this actually means is that if we are not hitting our target utilization ratios, the interest rate curve will actually shift to create more or less demand based on that. So if, say again, we'll use the example of Luna. If we have 100 Luna in the system and our target utilization is 80%, so we want 80 Luna borrowed from the system, if only 30 Luna is being borrowed, we are not hitting our optimal utilization. So therefore, the PID controller is going to update the interest rate curve to actually drop the curve. It's going to make it, um, it's going to drop the gradient of the curve. Therefore, it's going to drop the, the rate to borrow. So the further away we are from our target utilization rate, the more the curve starts to drop. And what this does for market demand, it's dropping the borrow rates. And so we're actually uh, reducing the cost to borrow from net two finance. And inherently what this will do with market and like competing money markets is users will see the lower borrow rates on Neptune and then it will start to come to Neptune to get into those lower rates. And you know, they'll use those lower rates to create their DeFi strategies. There'll be lots of DGen opportunities and just general people want to borrow. Um, and then as the utilization starts to pick up towards our optimal ratio, then the interest rate starts, the curve starts to bump up again, which means you get more interest back to the lenders and the lenders start to benefit. So it's this constant moving um, interest rate curve, which balances demand for borrowers back to utilization for the users. And this inherently makes a more efficient money market. Because you'll see in a lot of money markets around DeFi that there will be lots of people lending a particular asset and not a lot of people borrowing that asset. So this is idle capital that is sitting there making low interest rates. Um, so what our interest rate curve does is it creates more incentive for better utilization of the money market. It's more efficient money. Yeah, that's great because you actually answered, you pre-answered a question that I had coming up later on, which was around something you'd said uh, on the Spiker X, or the coin hall rather, uh, Twitter space. You'd said verbatim, high utilization brings better interest rates to the lender, therefore more demand to the market, therefore more deposits. Uh, and my interpretation is like that's obviously a virtuous cycle. 
And so the way that you're doing that is primarily through these peak controlled interest rates. Yes, this is just, you know, one of the first implementations that we're taking towards better utilization. And this is this is good for borrowers. This is good for lenders. This is good for uh, businesses that want to integrate on top of this. It's good for um, market competition. Say if you had two money markets with a very similar interest rate curve um, and those curves are static, well, then there's no competing interest rates between the two. But with our interest rate, which can inherently drop, there is now opportunity to arbitrage the interest rate between those two markets. So you create more economic activity on chain or between chains even. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And is there, for, for people that are listening, is there sort of a reference point that is a protocol that would have something similar that they can kind of uh, use as a reference point to understand this better? Um, so our implementation is kind of unique and we'll be publishing more documentation on how this particular system works. And we'll try and explain it as simple as possible because it's, it's a complicated system. But for example, if you just go look at the Aave interest rate curves for stable coins, you'll, you'll see this um, curve, which is kind of flat up until the optimal utilization ratio, and then it gets really steep. So you can kind of visualize this curve and then visualize if the market kind of isn't at the current utilization, then the entire curve drops by a fraction. And it does that incrementally until we hit that target utilization and then it starts to increase again. Fantastic. And just so that I'm clear as well, because I think I may have missed it at the start, what does PID actually stand for, the PID? Oh, let me look that up real quick. I always forget. <laughs> it's a it's a control system typically used in uh, programming and engineering, which... Um, okay. So it's not something necessarily that people need to know. It's just more a back-end description. Yeah. Okay. It is. It's a way for taking um, an input and then... Uh, giving it a couple acceleration parameters or a couple slowdown parameters to kind of, um, instead of, you know, our, our interest rate dropping the exact same amount each time, it actually speeds up or it slows down depending on utilization. This is what a PID loop does. PID actually stands for proportional, integral, and derivative. And these are all things that you set with inside the controller loop to kind of accelerate the change. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Proportional, integral, and der was it derivative? Yep. All right. I've just learned something new today. Great. Um, okay. And so with that being said, before we move into the accounts with, you know, cross-margin isolated leverage or isolated leverage, what, you know, what are the challenges you come up against designing that? Because I imagine having, building out something uh, that is dynamic in nature that is going to serve the money market it's not like it's just an overnight job. This is something that would be you've been working on building out in the shadows for the last six months or so. So what are some of the challenges that have come up in that process? Um, this was actually an idea that came from one of our lead architects and developers who um, he has a doctorate in physics and he does a lot of algorithmic design. So to him, it was just kind of this idea that popped up. It was like, you know, we could do interest rates better. Why don't we start testing this? And it was actually impressively fast, the speed at which he prototyped it. And 
since then, you know, the challenge of it was just build a money market around this interest rate. It's not too different to implementing a standard interest rate. It doesn't actually affect the, the user experience any more than what users are already familiar with in other money markets. So it was experimental, yet um, not beyond our limitations. We were able to achieve it pretty well. Love that. That's great. Um, let's shift to, and just before I shift the conversation to the next topic, uh, if you are enjoying the, the topic so far and you're a listener, feel free to share this. Let's move into the space. Let's spread the word about Neptune. Uh, but with that being said, accounts uh, with cross-margin or isolated leverage, can we expand upon that? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so a lot of people who have used money markets before have probably experienced that you have a single wallet that you connect to the, the D app, and then you are able to chuck in collateral, you're able to lend some assets, and you're able to borrow assets. And also, most typically, you can assets that you lend are used as collateral as well. Um, and this means you can create one type of margin position. It means you can throw in a mix of different collaterals, or maybe you throw in just one type of collateral. Let me just, I can't. I'll define isolated and cross margin. So if you chuck in Luna as collateral, you can borrow more Luna against it. And this is a form of isolated margin. You're using one asset to borrow more of that asset. Cross margin is when you're using one asset as collateral and borrowing a different asset against it. And advanced cross margin is when you can use a basket of collaterals. So say you're using Luna, Bitcoin, some stable coins, Ethereum, and then you're borrowing a, a bunch of other assets against it. Um, so what our account systems actually do in the standard experience that most people have right now is you can post a bunch of different collaterals and then you can create a bunch of different borrows against it. But if you want to create a completely separate account of collaterals and it, uh, and borrows, then you have to spin up a new wallet. You have to fund that wallet with the gas token. If you're using a ledger, you now have to switch between ledger devices. Um, you now have to track two wallets when you're measuring your portfolio. It's a real pain in the ass. So what we have done is we have created an experience uh, where a user can create multiple account positions. Um, and this is limited up to 255 different accounts. So it's more than any user will ever need. But what this allows you to do is you can open up an account and you use Luna and a stable coin as collateral and you borrow Luna against it. Then you can open up a whole separate account and you use Bitcoin and Ethereum as collateral and you borrow Luna against it. And these are two entirely separate positions. And what this allows is it allows separate management of margin. So if you create a position which is kind of risky, say the collateral is a slightly riskier collateral, it's more volatile, then it's potentially um, more subject to liquidation. Well, then you have another position that you're holding debt long-term. You have a strategy where this kind of plays out over six months or a year, and you don't want to risk the collateral against that debt because of the risk of the other position. So this allows a user to compose different types of margin positions across several different accounts, all under the one wallet, all through the one interface, all through the same portfolio page. It's a much better user experience. 
and it, it opens up a lot more possibilities in leverage for the user. Yeah, that's super cool. So if I'm interpreting what you were saying properly, uh, say with the cross-margin uh, positions, that you'd, you'd effectively have, if you use, say, Ethereum to then borrow whatever, Luna, then you position there and then you had the, the same in reverse done. If one position is close to liquidation, it just doesn't affect the other one at all, uh, unlike when we had the multiple tokens available on Anchor. I'm just going back in my mind here. Um, so, for example, I remember when I was, well, one of the times I was liquidated, I was liquidated a couple of times, but the, uh, you know, it's losing the ETH and the Luna back at that point in time. So, in this situation, that wouldn't be the case. Yeah, that's correct. So you can take a riskier position. Say you're going to degen into a strategy you think is going to play off within an hour. It's this really short-term play. Well, then you don't have to risk your other position. Um, and it's, it's a lot safer. So that means you can use different collaterals, collaterals you care less about, collaterals that you're, you don't mind if they get liquidated in the short term. And then your other positions aren't affected because these are your, your longer-term plays. These are your safer plays. So it's exactly like you described. You can have Ethereum as collateral in one account and Luna as collateral in another account. And if one account gets liquidated, the other one is not affected at all. Sure, that's, that's great. And I'm just thinking as well from the perspective of the wallets being used. Are these going to be is that specifically Kepler? Is it going to be Station? I know Station's got new features. How's that going to work uh, as far as initiating the transactions goes from one wallet? It's pretty straightforward. I mean, you'll, it'll just be the same experience uh, like any other DApp that you've used before. We will be using Station from launch. Uh, we've also been developing with Kepler as well. Um, so both wallets will be accessible, but you know, for MVP and you know, launch ready, we'll be using Station and then you know, we'll slowly roll out more wallet integrations. Fantastic. And this is, I know that at the start, uh, the initial tokens are going to be uh, Luna, USDC and Atom. This is all sort of powered by Axelar, as far as I understand. Is there, do we have any sort of information or alpha? I know that you are in the process of writing the, um, you know, doing the, what's it, what's it called? The documents, the documents that we'll talk about, um, you know, certain features and uh, the assets supported and how you're going to make the money market efficient. Do you have any alpha at the moment on tokens that will be supported or assets supported? Yeah, so this is the first time we're saying it, but tokens at launch that we'll be supporting are Axler USDC, Luna, and the staking derivative AMP Luna. Um, so those are three tokens we'll be launching with, and then slowly we'll be integrating more tokens around the Terra ecosystem, but also the larger Cosmo ecosystem. So we'll be rolling out being able to use Atom as collateral, or Osmo as a leverage asset, or Juno as collateral. Um, we'll be using you know, feedback from the user community and their demand for using those assets in the market, but as well as we have built out a pretty robust risk framework for what assets we will list in the protocol and what risks those bring to the protocol and what kind of you know, caps that we put on using those in the market. So we may, if we introduce a, note, a new token and we consider it slightly higher risk than other collateral types, then we'll put a cap on how much of that token can be used in the system. I love that. And now it's sort of making sense if I follow the breadcrumbs. It's always funny how the, the clues are always there. You guys retweeted some stuff from Iris 
not that yeah. long ago. So it's all making sense to me now. Um, okay. Is there anything else that you want to touch on when it comes to what we've just spoken about, the isolated leverage or the accounts with cross margin? Uh, I think they're pretty well covered. I mean, I talked about the user experience with them, but these accounts also open up an avenue for uh, developer integrations on top of it. So these separation of margin positions allow for kind of um, easily manageable, unique margin strategies. So there's definitely opportunity there, which you know we are bringing our V1 technology into Neptune Money Market. We'll, we will have the leverage investment pools available as we continue to develop, um, but other applications can also build on top of these uh, accounts and create unique margin strategies. Great, let's talk about that. Let's go into uh, a bit of a deep dive on developer integrations and also uh, B2B integrations. Yeah, can do. So like, as you said, we've been dropping some breadcrumbs. We've been working with Eris Protocol. We really like the technology stack when it comes for um, the design and utilization of their staking derivative. And that's kind of why we've gone with Amp Luna. Um, but in terms of other B2B integrations that we're looking for, just like any DeFi project, we want the community to contribute, um, but we want community projects to, con uh, to connect with us as well. So there's a, a money market is this really cool fundamental needed in an ecosystem in that it opens up a lot of opportunity for other economic activity. And that's kind of what we're looking for in part. So down that thread, uh, if there are applications that want to integrate in, into us or someone's been developing a tool that works with leverage and they need a money market to plug into, come use Neptune. We're going to have better borrow rates. So therefore your products are going to have better profit returns if you're creating a margin investment tool. Um, but additionally, for B2B integrations, we're looking for platforms who want to create analytical dashboards. We want to be able to provide a lot of information on the, how, the state of the markets and kind of the health around the ecosystem surrounding the markets. Um, we're also looking for people who want to integrate liquidation bots into our system. Uh, we've come up with a, a, a new unique liquidation system and um, we're looking for people to access that and I can talk a little more about that soon. Um, what else are we looking for? We are looking for protocols that want to build on top of our lending pools. So, you know, there's some pretty straightforward things that you can use a lending pool for like um, lossless lotteries. It's a pretty popular one that you see around a lot of ecosystems or uh, paying for subscriptions using a yield token. Um, uh, just going over my notes for business integrations here. We will be, um, there's only so much I can say about it, but we will be extending our efforts to go cross chain at some point. So anyone who is listening and hearing about Neptune and hearing about a deployment on Terra, and you're focusing on other chains, still reach out and connect to us because we want to start those conversations sooner than later. Yeah, you're going to, I think the fact that you guys are planning on going cross-chain and you've got such a 
blossoming ecosystem over in, in Cosmos. I know you guys are bullish. I know you wrote a, a piece on Medium. You met, wrote a Medium article, I don't know when it was, maybe a few months back, um, about your thoughts on the exploding Cosmos ecosystem. You, you're going to definitely have uh, interest coming from that direction. Do you see anything coming from, uh, by way of like EVM compatibility, coming from outside of Cosmos? Is that a potential? Definitely, it's a potential. So there's only so much information I can share with you, but we've kind of had our hands in a couple of pots in helping other development teams. Um, so we kind of know what integrations are coming, and it's pretty exciting. But I think, you know, Cosmos in general is heading that way. You know, with Ethermint uh, being a standard for Ethmos and Kava, uh, there was already EVM compatibilities coming. Axla has their general messaging. Um, there's other protocols which are working on general messaging to Ethermint. But I think uh, there is definitely opportunity coming for more money flowing coming from the Ethereum side. Ethereum has, and all these EVM chains, have a lot of cool applications and high functionality, yet Cosmos has a better technology stack. And I think that's where it's going to become more dominant. And Terra Classic was this kind of thriving ecosystem of lots of unique and special applications. I think we're definitely going to get that get there again across the larger Cosmos ecosystem. Yeah, hundred so, percent. It's a matter. It's just a matter of yeah. time. There's, the community's strong. I think the projects are building. There's lots of uh, bright minds in the space. And I was listening to the call, as I said, the the coin hall conversation with you guys. And it was you and Condex and Umi or Yumi. I don't know how to pronounce that properly, but you know, listening to the calls, I'm like, okay, there's lots of people that are building and we're in the ship, you know, the shipping phase is coming through again. And I think as market sentiment turns around and people start to become bullish again, it's there's a little bit of hype in the market at the moment, whether or not that's sustainable is yet to be determined. But, you know, give it one to three to four years and I think I think you guys are gonna be very, very well positioned. Um so just to wrap all that up in a little bow though, so the What's going to be happening is your dev team are beginning the documentation process to make it easy for third-party protocols to essentially lend assets, uh, borrow collateral, and liquidate unhealthy positions. And so you are open to having conversations with um, protocols that could uh, build on top or build with Neptune. And so if they're listening, feel free to reach out. They can just hit you up What in your DMs on Twitter, Discord. Where's the best place to get you? Yeah, any avenue works. You know, just reach out with what's easy for you. Um, Twitter DMs, the the Neptune Twitter, you can reach out there, or the Discord's a good avenue for us as well. So yeah. wherever you feel like is easy for you, we're watching. Fantastic. And what I'll do in a second is I'll open up the floor. I'll get a few people up as speakers because I think we'll have a few questions there. Um, as I'm doing that, I'll just get you to answer me the question of the light paper. When can we expect the light paper, sir? It is pretty damn close. So we're just cleaning up a couple graphics on it. Uh, really excited to get it out because we've got a lot of cool features that we, you know, excited to get into the, the public eyes. So, you know, in the next two to three weeks, maybe maybe even one week, you can expect to see the light paper released. Fantastic. Looking forward to that. I've just brought up, well, I've just invited, so if you're listening and you don't have your phone in your hand, I've invited up Zion, I've invited up Madman, MB, and deeps uh, just because usually these guys have some decent questions and i thought maybe they might want to jump on and share their thoughts use opinions uh, ask any questions that i may not have already asked so the invitations are there for you guys 
while we are waiting to see if any of them are going to take the bait. Um, is there anything that we still not yet touched on that you'd like to uh, go over uh, and have the people understand better? Um, yeah, there was one more thing I was excited to talk about, and this is our liquidation premiums. Um, but before I talk about that, I just want to say, like, you were very well researched on our previous history. So thanks for doing that. It just makes the conversation better. Um, no worries. As well, as well as something you just mentioned before in that, you know, the next cycle in which we see a crypto boom or any kind of market boom could be some years away. But something, you know, even before all this downside on the markets that we have always been working towards is real revenue, systems that have good function. There's a lot of DeFi platforms that survive only because of token inflation, and it's not sustainable. And I think now more than everyone ever, uh, lots of people are now aware of this. And that's kind of the systems we have always been building towards. Neptune will have a token. But our systems are not dependent on token inflation for it to have good function. Sorry, just my mind just cut out there. I got I got the first half of that. Do you want me to repeat it? Uh, yes, please. Right. I was just saying that uh, our, the Neptune team has always been working towards systems that have good function over inflation because there's this problem in DeFi that. A lot of protocols rely on token inflation to have utility, to kind of have rates which outdo the rest of the market. And we have always designed systems that are not dependent on that. Neptune will have a token, but fundamentally our core products have good function without the need for token inflation. Yeah, that's actually going to be, I think, one of the prevailing narratives of the successful DAPs. This next run will be, you know, are you generating real yield? Um, it was, it was super exciting last year. Like I was in, I was in the thick of it. I was, I was farming everywhere and it was a good time. And, uh, but the reality is I think I also didn't understand completely how it worked and, and, you know, that's with the inflationary nature of most of the tokens that were being used for the yield. Uh, it's like, of course, that's not sustainable long-term, um, so I think real real yield will become a very strong uh, what would be what would be the word I'd use like a deciding factor on whether or not someone gets heavily involved with protocols. I know that like uh, protocols like Fujira's uh, Fin is operating in that regard. I think there's what else was I looking at the other day? There's a, there's a few that I'm starting to notice are, are putting forward the tagline of you know, real yield, uh, real sustainable yield. Even Anchor, you know, not Anchor, sorry, Cabin. I interviewed Cabin the other day. Anchor Part Two. Uh, <laughs> And so I don't know if you caught that space or if you've caught up with those guys, but it seems to be a similar situation. They're trying to uh, realize over there too, just so that, you know, they're trying to undo the PTSD that was, that was caused in May of last year for everyone that's uh, played with Anchor. So it's like, okay, well, how do you do that? You get rid of the underlying uh, concern, which was the algorithmic stablecoin, so that's gone. And then, of course, if you can find a way to produce real yield, then um, that's going to be more enticing for people. Um, but you go if you've got a thought to add on to that. Yeah, no doubt. That's exactly what we look at. It's what we've always looked at. The businesses that will survive are the ones that actually provide functionality without inflation. And I don't mean to talk bad about Cavan, but we do deep market research in what is actually sustainable. So in a system like Cavan, it's a really good functionality to be able to use a yielding collateral 
to be able to support the interest rates in the system. But if you actually look at how the yield is generated towards that collateral, it's through token inflation on Luna right now. And that's unsustainable. If you look at the actual revenue generated by Terra Chain, it's less than a 1% yield. So the rest of that 14 to 15%, wherever it's at now, is through token inflation, and we can't keep that up forever. Good point. I think, um, obviously, yeah, you guys do your research, so that's good to know. I'm going to pass the mic over to Deeves here. He's the resident uh, thread writer for OC, so if you haven't caught his threads, uh, definitely jump on and check out his profile. He's got plenty of them, and they're very good. Go for it, Deeves. Your time to shine. Hello, hello. Thanks uh, for inviting me up, Doctor. Uh, good to hear from you again, Keegan, the Neptune team. Um, always exciting to hear from you guys. I I'm actually stealing a question. I, I don't think you mentioned this uh, question. Hopefully I didn't miss it when I was like kind of roaming through the house. So, so if I did, you know, cut me off and let me know. But Zion um, was asking a question in the chat and he wanted, he wanted to ask um, Keegan whether or not Alliance assets, uh, if you considered, you know, the Alliance module, um, Terra, consider integrating those as collateral into the protocol when it launches. We actually haven't done a lot of developmental research around Alliance assets. I mean, it's inherently a new system. So uh, one thing we're always trying to make sure is that assets used in Neptune are robust. We don't want to introduce something that has low liquidity or a low amount of users or kind of a really short uh, existence history because we look at all these factors as risks in the system. Because when you, whenever you look at a money market, all of its lent assets, its collaterals, and its borrows are all um, assets and liabilities in the balance sheet of the protocol. And we are just trying to create risk mitigation in that balance sheet. So. For us to kind of take on any kind of alliance asset or to integrate more into the alliance standard and system, we are going to have to do more due diligence, but as well just kind of see alliance work um, without problem for a while before we consider integrating that. Because we always want to make sure that lenders and the users have less risk upon them. Sure. I mean, it, it makes total sense. Like you're, you're opening up, you know, vectors of attack depending on like what collateral you accept. So you got to be careful there. Um, I'm sorry, were you going to expand or say something else? No, you're good. Oh, um, I did have a follow-up question. Um, this may be kind of like a, a poignant or, you know, pretty direct or more challenging question, but, you know, I, I look at Neptune um, and obviously, you know, with it already being on Terra, um, but eventually venturing into the cosmos. And you have other markets like, you know, Mars. And I know they're doing similar things, at least with dynamic interest rates. So I'm just curious, like, if if you were to tell a user, like, if you were to give them a pitch for why you would say your protocol, you know, is different or unique from something like that of Mars, you know, what would it be? What would be kind of the things you would want to highlight? I think it's going to be most evident to users once they can actually dig through our white paper. Hopefully I've done it justice to describing the systems correctly. But like some of our key differentiators are the PID controlled interest rates, this dynamic interest rate, which makes our markets more competitive. But it's also the way that we utilize assets in our systems. So for some of our lent assets, we are offering receipt tokens. Uh, so you can lend a lend say Luna and get N Luna back. Um, 
but we give the user the option in how they use their assets as collateral. So if you go and use uh, Aave and you want to lend out USDC, uh, if you want to use it as collateral, you don't really have the option to just in part use it as collateral and in part lend it out. So it's either kind of an all or nothing system. But in Neptune, we've developed our systems more efficiently, so you can do both. You can have a junk of your lending assets used as collateral and some that aren't. So you're not risking all of these assets uh, to be subject to liquidation. So that's kind of another differentiating point for us. And this flexibility to the users also inherently creates better capital efficiency in money. This kind of composability makes sure that when a user doesn't want to lend out their assets that they're using as collateral, then it's not taking interest rates away from the people who do want to lend out their assets. So it's more, more efficient money, more efficient markets, and better interest rates. Sure. Yeah. No. And thank you for the response. And and it's definitely not an easy question because I'm asking you to to compare one unlaunched product versus another, <laughs> um, which can be a pretty yeah. pretty hard comparison, <laughs> right there. But um, but yeah, thank you for that. I I think I'll be really interested to see this kind of flexibility piece uh, that that you were touching on there. So yeah, excited to see more. Yeah, there's definitely more coming to Neptune, which I unfortunately. I'm excited to talk about, but I can't talk about it just yet. It's just part of our strategy and release. But something that is special to us is our, um, our tech stack for Neptune V1. This is our automated leveraged investment vault systems. We have this technology that we're sitting on waiting to integrate into the Neptune money market. And the benefit that this brings is it allows people to leverage invest automatically, but it also creates a credit use system to the Neptune money market to more effectively use money. These leverage investment vaults are issued credit by the Neptune money market, um, which increases interest rates to lenders in which the leverage vaults are connected to. So it's, you know, that's just one of the systems that we are waiting to integrate, but we kind of have all these kind of hidden tech that we're yet to talk about um, that, you know, kind of, branches out our connection into the greater cosmos and makes our market more unique. Can I get, let's, let's unpack that a little bit because that sounds quite interesting. Are you saying so that as a lender, let's say that I, Dr. Doscoin, am a lunar lender. I, I put in whatever, 5,000 lunar and I'd earn my uh, whatever the current APY is depending on the uh, lending rates at the time. That Are you saying that a portion of that can be allocated to the vaults as a separate thing to in, like increase or boost the APY I would receive as a lender? Uh, as a lender, it's pretty seamless. It's the same experience. So what the leverage and vaults kind of act like is it's, they, to the system, they just look like another borrower, but they're a super user. They borrow a lot of uh, assets from the market and then they automate the process of investing and compounding yield. Um, but the advantage that the, this unique borrower has, the vault, is the capacity to take credit from the market. So credit in markets is the extremely efficient way to use money in systems, but there's no good way to do that in DeFi yet. Being able to issue credit to someone and then being able to easily run away with it with kind of no liability to that um, 
it's a big risk. So the way you create and control credit in DeFi is through smart contract custody. And that's what we're doing with the Neptune vaults. So to a lender, you're lending Luna to a pool of Luna, and this can be borrowed by anyone who is a borrower in the market, but it can also be borrowed by the vault, who is just another borrower in the market who is taking more credit from the system with less collateral. Therefore, it's using the money more efficiently, which is good for the lenders. Got it. Um, I, like, I like the term super user, by the way. But are they, is this low collateral uh, borrowing or is it no collateral borrowing from the super user? It's low collateral borrowing. So the, the vaults, the, the people who invest into the vaults still have to provide a collateral and then we'll build into the functions of being able to take out a, uh, a margin against that. So, you know, you bring $100 worth of Luna to the vaults and then you can leverage invest that up to $200, $300, $400 worth of investment. And this changes a bunch of different parameters and returns for the users. And, you know, the more leverage you take, the more interest you pay. Um, but the user still has to come with some form of collateral. We don't just open up credit to anyone. If we were to do that, we might as well just open up credit to ourselves and pay all the returns back to the Neptune users. But we sure. are not building those systems out. So, and you, you did say before, it's the safety component of that is in the smart contracts themselves or the smart contract custody. Is that, is that the main way to mitigate that my mind automatically goes, okay, cool. If I'm taking a loan out that's worth more than the collateral I provide, what's stopping me from just not paying, paying it back and leaving bad debt in the system? So can you touch on that? Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. So it might be best to explain it by running through an example. Um, the reason why a vault user still has to bring collateral to the system is it is the, the shortfall, um, which if the investment kind of constantly goes downhill and we need to repay the lenders, this amount of collateral is what's being used. So if in the example, if you come to the Neptune vaults with $100 worth of collateral and you leverage it to $200, and that's what the vault is using to get into a leverage investment, maybe this investment's into an LP. And the LP collects fees and it has an incentive token on it. And the vault automates the process of collecting all those um, all that revenue and then compounding it back into the original collateral for the user. Uh, but the vault also has to monitor the value of that LP. So if the value of the LP increases, then the vault automates a process of capturing the capital gains and then compounding that back to the original collateral for the user and then always making sure margins at a 2x. But if the value of the collateral starts to come down, then the vault does the rebalancing again and kind of always rebalances back to that 2x. But if it ever gets to a point where the investment is only, ever, is only worth as much as the original collateral provided, then that original collateral is now subject to liquidation and is paid back to the lenders to make sure the lenders are always solvent. Okay, yeah, makes way more sense to me. Um, really appreciate you clearing that up. I hopefully, hopefully that made sense to everyone that's listening too. Um, what I'll do before I pass the mic back to Dave, because I did see he had his hand up a second ago, is I will say that just, and this is my, just a thought that's gone through my head is, Dave's mentioned how, I guess the, the, the main competitor, if I'm going to use that word, is, is Mars. I think really what will be sort of the determining factor of whether or not 
or of how uh, successful both protocols are is one usability. So you you know UI UX, how uh, how easy is it to understand? And from what I can see so far from the mockups, uh, just sort of, sort of from the way that the website's built and all the rest of it, it's you guys are already doing things in a way that is uh, concise and palatable. It's easy to digest. Um, it's not overly laden with jargon. It's, it's you know, I, I look over and I go, okay, cool. If I was a newbie coming to this space, this would be easy for me to get. Um, and then I think on top of that, of course, you know, the, the attractive features are your lending rates, uh, you know, obviously underpinned by the efficiency of the market itself. And then, of course, um, the availability of, you know, what can be used as collateral and what can be borrowed. So it's the tokens themselves. Of course, you're going to have a big selection in future. I guess you're both going to have not all the same tokens. So I don't see why you wouldn't be able to coexist and both thrive and prosper uh, in the coming future. So there's my two cents on you and Mars. I don't think that's, I don't think it's competition really at all. Similar features to a degree, but uh, I think you can both very much coexist. Um, Debs, I want you to ask your question. I've got probably one or two final questions before we wrap up the call today. Uh, sure. Yeah. And he may have already answered it. I'm just trying to make sure I wrap my head around the, um, the vaults we were talking about earlier correctly. So is the idea that essentially the, the risk is mitigated and lowered um, and they can use less collateral because there are essentially whitelisted smart contract strategies inside these vaults, like basically strategies that Neptune has whitelisted? It, I mean, did I... Am I interpreting that correctly, or were you saying the smart contract protection from a different lens? No, you are uh, saying that correctly. So these investment strategies will be whitelisted. They'll be generated by community efforts, by the risk teams, by, um, I guess, economic strategists is probably a broader term for it. But like a good example for this is leveraging into a DEX and leveraging into an LP. And there's a really big advantage for the greater ecosystem to this as well. So say, what's a good example in Terra right now? If you look at the Ash Report stablecoin pool, I think it's USDC and USDT. My favorite pool. Uh, it's like a, yeah, it's like a nine to 10% return on that right now. And you know the reality of that is not a lot of natural fees are actually generated through that pair, but there's a good amount of token inflation on that pair. And that's actually what makes it attractive. So it's kind of a degen strategy and that it's not real revenue, but it's a good opportunity to claim some rewards and compound them. So, and this also being a stablecoin pair, it, it doesn't move much if at all. So this is a really good leverage investment opportunity. You could come to Neptune with a hundred dollars worth of collateral. Um, you could potentially 10 exit into a stablecoin pair. And by 10 xing it, you've turned this 9% uh, yield into a 90% yield. And all of this is done through custody of the smart contracts in the Neptune platform, which has been created by the development team, by the risk assessment team, and by the community who are wanting these vaults in the first place. We're not going to build out systems that people don't want to use. That's just kind of wasted effort. Sure, sure. That makes sense. I'm, I'm going to not dominate with too many more questions about this piece and kind of let <laughs> let Doctor run into his <laughs> final questions here. You're good, man, Debs. Um, no, I appreciate the thoughtful questions, though. What I'll do is I've got one question just around uh, liquid staking derivatives. Uh, obviously, we've got Amp Luna, which is going to be used as or usable as collateral. Is the intention to have uh, other 
liquid-staking derivatives too? And also, you know, what are the main considerations when you're uh, implementing that? There's a lot of factors that we look at for each token and where we kind of see uh, what actually drives real demand towards that token. Like if you look at the, I think in Terra right now, Luna and Luna X is probably the deepest pair. And that's important for a market to have kind of deep pairs around it because if there is significant liquidation events, you need deep pools to be able to liquidate through. Um, however, Luna, Luna X, and to be honest, I'm not super up to date with Luna X's roadmap, but it's got a, a good yield to it. It's also got a lot of uh, brand recognition to it. However, from what I've seen in recent history, a staking derivative like Ant Luna has far more mechanisms that cause demand to the token itself. Um, Eris is coming out with a function that drives a gamified demand towards constantly building and compounding holdings in their AMP Luna. And I'm not actually sure where they're at with the publication of that, so I'm not gonna talk too much about it, but this was a mechanism that really impressed me that can drive demand towards that token. And this is real demand, because we always look at the worst case scenario in when the markets really start to fail and assets need to be liquidated. If you can't make a profitable trade on the liquidation, there needs to be another reason for you to want to liquidate, liquidate that token. So inherently, if this token is only supported through inflationary token incentives, and that's the only thing kind of giving it value in the ecosystem, then when shit hits the fan and prices start to go down, well, then those incentives go with it and people don't want that token anymore. So when we look at staking derivatives, we, we look at all these factors of like, how deep is the token? Where's the real demand coming from? What are the tools around it that support it, keeping its price balanced? And all of these are incredibly important to us to make sure that this is a good derivative for our ecosystem. And, you know, we're starting with Ampluna, but we're definitely looking at the other staking derivatives that are available in Terra. But to us right now, that is the best one floating around Terra. Got it. Yeah. So just to clarify, it is just mostly having deep pools uh, in a liquidation event and also having good underlying mechanics uh, and incentives for people to uh, have the token itself, uh, which you see Amp Luna uh, is in that position. They're doing that. Yes, exactly. Great. Love it. I think we are, well, we are, I can see it on my clock here. Uh, we are arriving at the hour mark here. Are there any final things that you want to make sure people sort of leave the space knowing? Of course, calls to action are if you're not already following Neptune, click on the icon, press the follow button. You can do the same for Keegan, jump in the Discord and uh, do the beta testing if you so feel so inclined. But outside of that, is there anything else that you'd like to say and uh, suggest people do? Um, probably just a couple of things to summarize on. Uh, you mentioned just before, like describing how Mars is a competitor to us, and they definitely are. I mean, any money market around the Cosmo ecosystem is a competitor. But there is a more important aspect to having competitors, which is good for Cosmos in general. The, the prevalence and I think like the large user base for Mars and Neptune, uh, when they are both active, is a really good um, economic catalyst for activity on chain. Because once Neptune and Mars are running and they're both offering, say, USDC, 
and the interest rates for lending USDC or borrowing USDC are different between those two lending platforms, then users are going to make moves between Terra and Cosmos, sorry, Tes Terra and Osmosis to start chasing those interest rates. And when you do that, you're paying gas on Terra and you're doing a bridge through a relayer and you make, maybe you're making a swap on Osmosis or you're making a swap through Ash Report. So just the existence of both of our platforms is good catalyst for the greater ecosystem. This is the thing we've been so excited for for a while is that like money marketers and it, it decks alongside it are so fundamental for activity on chain. So they are committed to us, but we're also excited just to be existing next to them. Yeah, and like I said earlier, there's no, there's no, um, uh, there's room for both, and it's, it's. I think the case oh, is you can, you can walk down the street, and how many fish and chip shops you're going to see on the same stretch, you know. So yeah. business is still going to boom. Look, mate, I've enjoyed this call thoroughly. Uh, I'm looking at the internal chats at the moment that we've been having uh, at OC and Zion. He's not on the call now, but he actually. I know. I just noticed earlier in the call, he was like, Neptune is effing dope. I'm excited for their launch, as am I. Uh, I think you guys are uh, poised for something great, and I look forward to continuing this conversation as time goes on. So, of course, keep us in the loop if and when uh, announcements come up, and we'll be happy to have another space with you. Uh, for everyone that's listened, if you, can, uh, if you enjoyed it, if you can share it, that will help spread the word of Neptune. That would be appreciated. Uh, Keegan, I appreciate your time, your energy, your input. Uh, we'll keep the conversation going. Uh, in the DMs and in the meantime, I hope you're shredding some powder in Canada. <laughs> I definitely am taking advantage of it. Thanks for the call. Appreciate the time. This was great. And just for everyone who's listening, just follow our channels, our Discord, our Twitter, our light paper is coming real soon. So look out for that. Legend. All right, mate. See you, buddy. Cheers, guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Neptune Finance having a chat with Orbital Command on some recent updates, what they've been building, recorded on Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Sipping on a little bit of sin I've been giving Try to keep it written down So it feels like I've been living I've been realizing a minute Reality ain't got limits Going out my fucking mind Testing out the physics Stretching out the distance For instance Let me be specific The risk is hedge funding the business Betting on the difference Ingesting all the research Sleeping through the rebirth Sliding out feet first Sleep tight little dreamer Early to bed Early to rise With a rugged ass demeanor Taking beats to the cleaners You know I love my t-shirts And the people who support my little dream here Transparent cows, I gotta steer clear 2020 going down is one fucking weird year Take a second, look around, the psyops is winning Set the table, we just biopsy dinner Now, I'm gonna react to that and act like I'm telling you a personal anecdote Something to break the tension Something to endear myself a little bit Something kind of, uh, embarrassing <laughs> And you guys are gonna make an aw sound it's true, it really happened. They got a tracker in the phone, tracking everywhere we go. When it's final, if I don't know, I already sold my soul. Getting ready, rock and roll, tip the first domino. Feeling up, I'm in a bowl with these avalanche flows. Stop and rest on the road, gotta get where I'm going. And the rest of y'all know that we hit the ground sore. And I'll be coming for the fuckers that be summoning the trouble. Running on the double while I'm handing out the W's. Putting wins on the board every fucking day. They love me on 
the team because I know my fucking place Better get in where you fit in, I'm delivering the meaning I inherited the demons, always sneaky, never seen them If I'm breathing, I'm reading, I'm not even being conceited I need to see for myself if you think that I'm believing It's the season of reason, y'all be seizing the research I'm receiving the meaning, that shit's called teamwork It's not so much as so little has to do with what everything is But it is within our self-interest to understand the topography of our lives unto ourselves The future states that there is no time other than the collapsation of that sensation of the mirror of the memories in which we are living Common knowledge, but important nonetheless Spaces. Yeah.